So the Red Letter Challenge um, has been challenging, to say the least. Can anybody attest to that? If you haven't been challenged, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Groups uh, have been at their homes and here at the church and just hearing testimonies come back, uh, Leslie and myself have heard from several of you about things that you're experiencing in what's happening and uh, literally to have double digit salvations in the first three weeks of the year here at the church God. is a phenomenal thing. Yes. And that's not common, that's not ordinary. That is what God does when we lean into Him. And we can't save anybody, only God can. And um, we depend on Him to be the one that knocks on the doors of the hearts to uh, bid individuals to come to Him. And we're thankful for that. So all of you that have accepted Christ and you are new creatures in Christ Jesus, welcome to the family. And uh, we're in it for the long haul. And we're here for you and with you. And I'm just excited to see what God does in the lives of those folks that's raised their hands to say, uh, I give my life to Jesus. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Uh, the Red Letter Challenge has uh, took us so far. We've done introductions uh, starting off the year to lean into the Red Letter Challenge. And then it's taken us week by week through different topics that uh, the author says is in alignment with all the teachings of the red letters of Jesus. That uh, when Jesus spoke, others listened. And we need to continue on that track of just like those disciples that was following him. They had different opinions, didn't they? <laughs> We're studying about some of those individuals like this and Peter and different ones that's come up so far. It's just amazing to see that those disciples were in direct contact with Jesus, but telling him what they thought <laughs> and then experiencing what he said. And that's two different things, what I think versus what he said. And when we lean into what he said, the minute they would act on in obedience to what he told them to do, great things happen. The red letters of the Bible are powerful. They are the most important parts of Scripture. All of Scripture is given by inspiration of God, it says in Timothy, that Paul wrote to Timothy. But I believe specifically that as the author says, we need to lean into the red letters. But the whole Bible is the Word of God. So look at your neighbor and say that. Say the whole Bible is the Word of God. It really is. It's... From beginning to end, from Genesis 1-1 all the way through the end of Revelation, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, the final verses, you know, in the beginning was. So it's amazing to see that length of time, those uh, differences in authors that God chose to use, male, female, rich, poor, broken, healed, delivered, set free, troubled, afflicted, all the above, God used to write those books in your Bible. Amen. And oftentimes we can use a scripture out of context and not truly fully understand what it is saying to us. But I know one of the ones that always irks me once I've done a case study on Jeremiah and the life of Jeremiah and the perplexing situation that he was in, that 
we read Jeremiah 29 11. Anybody, can anybody quote that for me, Jeremiah 29 11? Yep. You left part of it out. I'm hoping he wants to prosper us, but yeah, that, that, that the end, you started well and ended off, off the rails. But it's, <laughs> it's better than your peers, though, right, Karen? It's better to do something than sit there and like, well, I don't know. But it is a beautiful verse that makes it appear that um, I know the plans I have you, plans to prosper you, give you health, and you know, give you an expected end. It says, and God knows our ending as well as He knows our beginning. And Jeremiah earlier in the book it says that He, I knew you when I formed you in your mother's womb. That Jeremiah, God had a plan for him, but in the midst of that plan, their nation was captured and he was led away in chains to a foreign land and that foreign land was a place that didn't treat foreigners very well and Jeremiah's life in the midst of the moment when God was telling him to pin down I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you he was a prisoner of war. And in the midst of our situations, oftentimes we don't understand the plans of God. Because we don't see the end yet. But thanks be to God, He knows our ending as well as our beginning. I know that I, I knew you when you was in your mother's womb. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your life. And it's amazing to think about that. But... It's easy to find those verses like that and throw it out on the bumper sticker and it all looks hunky-dory, but in the midst of when you study truly what was going on in Jeremiah's life, it doesn't match what we take it to say. It's your ability to get through the storms and the mess because God has a message. And he'll turn your mess into a message if you allow him to. If you will give him your life, I'm not saying he's going to fix everything in an instant. That's not going to happen. Is there any older Christians in the room that could say amen? amen? Life continues to be tough, even in Christianity. But it's a life worth living because I know I have help. And I know where my help comes from. Yes, and my help comes from the Lord. The song said, I look to the hills from whence comes my help. What that's saying is, look up, elevate your eyes up, and see where is my help come from. I can't help myself. Come on, somebody. When I try to help myself, I make a mess out of things. I didn't come to God giving him some solutions. I came to him giving him some problems. Can somebody say amen? I got some issues. I got some things going on. And I needed him to fix my mess ups. My brainy Bible is getting to me. My Lord, I'm sorry. The red letter challenge is just awesome perplexing, it's troublesome, it's I don't know if I believe that it's I don't know if I can do that it's two little buddies, imagine what they're going to do someday <laughs> so week one you know we leaned into being and what God called us to be in our Christianity um, what was week two? Huh? 
Forgive me? Anybody like to forgive? Do you like to forgive the way the book says to forgive? I don't like to, but I got to. Why? Because Jesus said to. So whether I like it or lump it, amen? I got to do what he says to do. Week three was what? Serving. Anybody like serving others? I love serving. I, I love doing those things. Um, forgiving is pretty hard for me. I'm kind of bullheaded. Me and Joe Don's the only one, or is everybody else in, just in there? No, I do really well with that pastor. I'm just so good at it. Yeah, uh-huh. Maybe you're sitting beside of somebody that you need to say, I forgive you to, and before we can move on, you need to go ahead and get that. Just go ahead and say, I forgive you. I forgive you. In doing that, I'm serving you because I'm forgiving you. Because <laughs> I don't want to. But I'm doing it because Jesus said to. And I want to be a difference maker in this world. And the only way we'll ever make a difference is if we do what he says. Amen. Serving, I, I love it that uh, I've been attending Joe Don's group since week one and since day one on day two. Yes. But, you know, we're, we're okay. We're, we're, a little different. we're a little different. We're, yeah. we're following along a little bit. We're one step behind, but that's yeah. okay. We're still right. walking. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, she said she went to all the groups this week, and as you guys discussed serving, that um, all the groups has these serving ideals that you're going to go do. And I think, Dusty, you guys are going to go play at the nursing home and play music for those people down there. Uh, it's always important um, to do those things, and it's awesome that all the people with musical talents and singing, and if you can't do that, you can go down there with them and serve. And if you say, well, I don't know what to take them, uh, the number one asked for item in the nursing home is socks. So if you can go buy a pack of socks and take down there and find you an old-time friend and uh, put some socks on their feet, that'll be doing what Jesus did. Amen. Uh, sometimes they just want to talk, and they don't want you they don't want you to talk to them. They want you to listen to them. So you can go down there, and if you can't buy socks and you can't afford to do that, then go down there and just sit and give them a listening ear and say, no, I'm here to listen. And that's serving. That's doing what Jesus said to do. But this week is the uh, touchy subject, and uh, we're starting on that. I loved Joe Don's last night. She's like, I don't know what all this is going to say, but I can already predict this is going to be one of the ones that just going, I don't know. And, Love listening to it, and uh, you're you're getting more encouraging, Bowden, as you go. Oh, yeah, and I mean, I could, <laughs> I'm already looking for the next book. To keep the best part is when you start and you're chewing and uh, trying, you know, to get my trying to figure summer, out what you just summer, ate yes. and you're announcing what you ate. And it's uh, it's always fun. Though. So if you haven't listened to it, on you can. Um, so in giving and thinking about a message about giving and, and the author says in the sermon guide to go through and he talks about telling a, a funny story to start it off and I, the one he told I can't beat, I can't top it so <laughs> I'm just going to kind of paraphrase his story and his uh, uh, sermon preparation thing that he tells us to say in this series and he's talking about that he, he loves to get massages and has anybody ever had a massage? 
If you've never had one, you're missing out. Howie goes every other week consistently. Uh, every two weeks he goes and, to the chiropractor and gets a massage. and It's a half hour you get with going to the chiropractor for free and then he pays for another half hour to get make sure to get an hour's worth. And It's just, uh, I, I went multiple times in my life to the chiropractor and had the same thing done. And it's always awesome to get a, uh, go into the same place that Howie goes and they'll say, just like everybody in Lewis County, oh, you're Howie's brother. <laughs> yeah, that's me, I'm Howie's brother. And the massage lady, oh, you're Howie's brother. Yep, yeah, that's, that's who I am, that's my name. <laughs> Here, here, just a few weeks ago, somewhere, and somebody looked at me and said, "Oh, you're Leslie's husband." <laughs> so I'm either Howie's brother or Leslie's husband. I mean, it's really building up my confidence to know that I'm somebody. <laughs> um, so it's kind of awesome. But uh, this guy tells the story. The pastor tells Pastor Zach tells the story of where he. Uh, his wife knows that he likes massages and he gets, you know, several year and, and she wanted to get him a good birthday gift so she got him a birthday uh, certificate and uh, he's going to go get a massage and there's a day that he got to go golf. It's just a day of freedom, just the pressures of life gone, you know, go play golf, you love to play golf, go play golf and uh, get a massage and in, in the midst of that, you know, he went out and played his round of golf and said, just talked about how awesome it was but he says in his uh, uh, story there that uh, you know, he, he doesn't like guys as a masseuse. He, he's, you know, just a weird thing with him. He said, I'm not going to let some guy rub all over my back. Uh, I kind of like it when Leslie scratches my back, but I don't know. Uh, Earl probably just wouldn't feel right if you scratch my back. I'm just saying. Uh, Derek, you can let scratchers if you want to. I'll lean up against the tree first. <laughs> And he tells a story about how that he, you know, he made sure to tell her that when, when you buy the certificate, it has to be, you know, that I'm going to go to the masseuse that's going to be a female that's going to um, give me my massage. And it's just one of the things I can't do. But he goes and he tells the story that, you know, when he gets there that day, that there's this 300-some pound Samoan comes out and welcomes him to the counter and said, well, the person that you registered for is not here today, uh, but we got a backup. We called somebody in for you. He's like... Okay. So he goes in the back room and, you know, go in there and they tell you you get comfortable and, you know, light them the lights down, a little soothing music and it's all warm and, you know, you can take off as many clothes as you're comfortable with. So he, this rose, lays on the table and he says, it walks the 300 and some pounds of mowing. <laughs> he said, there's just an automatic angst happens it's like and they tell you when you go in there to be at ease to you know because as they're doing their job if you're all tensed up it's like they can't get anything done because you're not feeling the moment and be at ease and um, that's ever had that done you know what it's like and once you start easing out and I'm just always tense. Is anybody just a tense person? I, I'm standing here right now and I can feel my shoulder blades pulling at each other right now. It's just like a I just live with a tense like, way of life. And, but if you go in there and you truly do what they tell you, if you'll just breathe a little bit, and the more you relax, the better job they can do. Right? So he's all tense. And then the small one says, are you one of them people that likes it, you know, a rough massage, or do you like the gentle version? And he said, you know, it's a man versus a man. What are you going to say? It's not going to be like, oh, please do that. Very feminine kind on me. 
So he's like, yeah, I, I like it rough. Probably not the right thing to say to a 350-pound Samoa. Uh, so the guy leans in with the elbows, you know, and goes to doing the work. And he said, the the more he did, the worse it got. The more tense I got, the more I can't get through this. And he paid, his wife paid for an hour, luckily, so he had to endure for an hour. <laughs> it's just beautiful the story. So I can't top that one. Um, but he says when he got out of it, you know, they had to go to a family dinner. So it's golf, massage and then meet the family for dinner. So he, he leaves the massage therapy place and, and goes to uh, meet his family, you know, for dinner and walks in and she says, well, how was the massage? He said, I was violating. <laughs> it wasn't what I wanted or desired at all. Rough. So yeah, when you give somebody a gift, Follow up and make sure it's correct. Because sometimes what you order is not what you get. So whenever you know your parents say, "What do you want for Christmas?" If you say, "I don't care, give me anything," they'll get you anything, right? So you're better off be more specific and say, "I want what I want." But I would recommend from that story, don't ask for a massage. Buy your own. It'd be a lot better, a lot cheaper deal. But he's, in his uh, guide, he talks about how that, um, that we need to um, be givers because God tells us to be givers. That he, Scripture says that he loves a cheerful giver, a happy giver. That when I give, it makes me happy. Not begrudgingly. That I'm giving because I have to. I'm giving because I want to. And in church, this is a very touchy subject, and every year I, I tell you all the time, I don't like talking about giving. I don't like preaching about giving because people have angst when you say the word giving. It's like automatic wall comes up. It's like, I know it. I'm biting from friends to church, and the first thing they're going to say, Chris, is giving. Yeah, and we're there today. And we're, here we are. <laughs> but I can't count the number of people that it, it, it dumbfounds me, really. The people that have come that their first Sunday was on a vision Sunday. It's amazing how many people come here on vision Sunday that we talk about giving in those hard subjects and the people just keep coming back. So we're not going to talk about it the rest of the year other than little snippets here or there to say the word giving or something. But this is our giving day, so I'm glad you came. Look to your neighbor now and say, welcome to the bridge. <laughs> You picked a good day. Perfect day to be here. A cheerful giver. A person that it makes them um, internally grateful that they had the ability and resources to give in the first place. That I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity in my life to give uh, Above my name, whatever means I ever thought would have been possible. Has anybody ever given more than you ever thought you'd be able to? I mean, Les and I have given away a car. I gave away a car on my own one time to a person, a preacher, that couldn't get to a church to preach. And I had an extra car that was my work car. And 
driving up the road one day in it, and God said, give it to him. And I called him and gave it to him and signed the title over. It was my overflow that God had blessed me so much that when he told me to give, that that's kind of above and beyond. It's like, I don't know God. But guess what? I wouldn't have had the car if he didn't give it to me anyway. That's right. Because without him, I am nothing. Yes. Until I understand that everything I have, including this next breath that I will breathe, he is the giver of life. Maybe you feel like you're the oxygen producer of the world. But as for me and my house, without God, we're nothing. And without Him, I would have nothing to give anyway. And I'm not saying those things to force you to do anything. Do what God asks you to do. If in His red letters, Jesus talked more about giving than any other topic, this week we're going to lean into that. And you're going to see some things, maybe from a different perspective than you ever have before, but lean in. Not so that, I don't even believe it's going to be giving this week. It's going to be a lifestyle change as you accept that to say, Jesus, I want your words to become reality in my life. That there will be moments where that you're driving down the road and God's going to speak to you and tell you to tip that waiter extra. To, to go above and beyond. To not call back to Chiggers and say how bad the burger was. I think Chigger burgers are pretty cool. The barbecue's even better. Footlongs are pretty good. By the edges of a burnt. I can't believe that. I even give two dollars for a tip. <laughs> Thank you for your tip. You hurt my feelings way worse than that. Christians should be nice. Come on, somebody. Waiters shouldn't have to dread going into work on a Sunday because Christians are the worst tippers on the planet. Come on, somebody. Let's be good tippers. It isn't just giving to the church. It's giving to the community. It's giving to those in need. It's giving to those that are waiting on us, serving us at a restaurant. You can ask waiters that or waitresses that. that ask them when's the worst time to work in the week. They'll tell you openly, I despise to work from 10 a.m. on Sunday until 2, 2 p.m. on Sunday. The worst hours you can get is when Christians are involved. Heaven help us Amen. to represent Jesus better than that. Amen. There should have been a lot better amen than that right there. Help us to be a representative of Jesus from 10 to 2. It's right after we get out of church and hear these glorious sermons Amen? This passionate singing, this just exuberant life that you feel in the room says, man, I've never been to a church where I felt so at home. Amen? Yep. Amen. That I, it's just real life here. And then to walk out, and I don't believe I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm still going to say it. Amen? Be nice to your waiters. Be nice to those people that serve us on a daily basis, whether it's your garbage man or whoever. Well, I can't believe it. He showed up two hours late. There's places on this planet that they can't get rid of their garbage. Be thankful you've even got garbage to throw away. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Ansley's on it. We got, we got a crowd full of little snotty-nosed brats right there. They're, they're all in a circle. Kimmy, they're surrounding you. I don't know. 
can't even sit. It's your fault. I'm going to blame it on you. It's kind of like a cold word over there. That's not what I had any time saying, is it? Um, love, Ainsley. Um, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> From the mouths of babes, I've perfected praise. God loves babies, and so should we. And uh, if you've got kids and you're I know people have been reluctant to come to church because they scared. I, I can't believe I want what happens if my kids get loud. Let them be loud. Amen. 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 Love God, love people. That includes little people. Yes. Come on, somebody. Right. We love them. We love you dearly. So, giving. Look at your neighbor and say, God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Yo, grouch. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully those watching online hasn't left us because we're on a controversial topic um, we love our YouTubers so if you just turn around and wave to that little screen out there all of you that can see the little camera out there Hi. Sister Garth has been watching down in Florida she called last week to brag about how much better YouTube was than Facebook Live and uh, just how awesome it is that she gets to uh, join us each week as we uh, participate in worship and uh, so many other ones um, Sister McCann and so, so many more that just uh, constantly check in on us and, uh, and Rita every week sometimes she watches the last week but hopefully she's on the right one we love you Rita uh, love Sister Rita if you don't know her um, you're missing out she's a, one of the dear saints and if you don't feel loved and welcome when you come in her presence, you won't. Because <laughs> she's going to make sure you do. And um, exemplifies Jesus. So in, in this giving session, as we're going to discuss some things, I just, you know, sometimes it's the, you've ever heard the term sentimental value? That... I've got something that somebody, maybe my family's passed me down for generations and it has sentimental value, so it, it might be a, a shotgun, it might be whatever, but things get passed down and it becomes, sometimes they're even so invaluable as far as worldly goods that if you put it on the marketplace and you ended up on, what was the Las Vegas show, uh, Pawn Shop or Pawn Stars or whatever, you go to Pawn Stars or... What's the other one uh, where you take it in and the auction thing where they uh, antique room show? That's awesome, right? You, everybody's just hoping that this one thing that they've got that's going to be worth so much. And some people walk in there thinking there's worth a million to be worth three dollars, and some people walk in thinking it's worth three dollars and it's worth three million. You never know. You know, it's like a, a what if you walk in there, and uh, it's just awesome to get to see that. But um, value, <coughs> the value of your gift isn't defined by monetary value in this world, but is defined by what it means to you. And you've probably heard people say it's the thought that counts. Right? The thought that counts. Um, sometimes those thoughts don't count too much, but <laughs> it's what they say. They're usually trying to make up for it. Well, I get it, but it was the thought that counts. And 
So sometimes you you even have things that you desire or want, and um, in that desire makes it more valuable, right? So I desire to get something sentimental passed down to me, whether it was my grandma Frances's stuff, and today's her birthday, and today's Tina's birthday. Happy birthday, Tina! Heavenly birthday to my grandma Frances. That uh, just a few short years ago, we got to go to the nursing home and see her for her last birthday, and we didn't know that was her last one. And see all of us sitting there, and we took down birthday cake, and uh, she wasn't supposed to have it. She's diabetic, but Mom and Mary's in charge, so they give her birthday cake, and I think it was like cupcakes or something. Frances, or maybe it was a cake, and I remember Frances. She got the passing out to everybody else in the kitchen. <laughs> so they had all these other people in there and she was taking chunks of cake around to everybody else. And I was like, we're going to get thrown out of here, shores of the world. But anybody that knew my grandma Frances know that she gave um, she gave like Jesus. And she had it and you needed it. It was yours. And I thank God to come from those type of people. Amen. They gave till it hurt and gave till they didn't have anything left. And there's stories in the Bible about that with the widow with two minors that throws it in and other people was given big checks that day and Jesus said, you know, everybody's given different amounts but she gave more than you all and two minors worth less than a penny. And Jesus said she gave more than everybody here. It's not the earthly value that determines giving. That's right. Amen. It's the intent of the heart. Yes. And Jesus makes us givers. And don't ever equate yourself or judge yourself according to others about the amount they're giving. It don't matter. It's the intent of the heart. And I didn't give away that car to brag about giving away a car. I gave away that car because Jesus told me to. And it still warms my heart today. Yes that I was able to help a preacher go preach God's good news because how beautiful are the feet of those that present this gospel of peace. And I don't know how many miles or how many churches he went to, but it was a lot. And I'm a participant in his giving of the gospel and providing him an avenue to get there. And it wasn't an expensive car. It was a 1986 Chevy Cavalier this was in the late 90s. It's not like, you know, $1,200 or something. I don't, I don't even know what I gave for it. But it was a nice little car, but I'm glad I was able to because, and I was glad that I was raised by mom to be a giver. Mom gives everything she's got away. And she raised me with that ability to not even question God when he says give. And, and I know that hasn't happened for everybody. Because we're all coming from a different background. We all got a different family system, that way of life, and I get that. But today, don't take it from Pastor Ben's words. Take it from the red letters of Jesus. Amen. And his word says, he loves a cheerful giver. So a while back, I asked for sentimental value for, I found out that, I thought one aunt had a, Something that meant a lot to the family. That, um, 
didn't wouldn't mean much to anybody else. But um, and I asked my aunt. I said, "Did you did you get these uh, instruments?" And she said, "No." Um, aunt Jerry took those, and I was like, "That's awesome." So Aunt Jerry, I love my Aunt Jerry, and Aunt Jerry, you know her pretty well, Cindy, I'm sure. And Geraldine Thurman, um, my dad's older sister, oldest sister, and lives there in Garrison, back behind Collins, as kindly. And well, Aunt Jerry hands them to her son, and Eric Kirby. I don't know if any of y'all know Eric Kirby, my first cousin, but she passed them down to him, and somewhere throughout the traveling journeys of Eric Kirby that he's lived <laughs> everywhere. He lives in Lima, Ohio now, and I love Eric. Me and Eric is, I mean, we went through a friendship together. We just spent countless hours together. And uh, I asked Eric, I said, do you have those tools? Because we want to take them down to the Historical Society in Lewis County to, to let the ladies down there see them because they love history, and I wanted to do that. And, and Eric, I called him on the phone. He said, well, you can go down to Mom's, and I think they're out there in the building. They're, to a certain, certain level in this box down below. and So I go down there, and I mean, Aunt Jerry's out there digging around, grabbing through probably a snake-infested den, <laughs> looking for uh, these little things. And, and uh, finally, it comes to the point, and I was like, they're just not here. And then he said, well, they may be in the cedar chest. So we go up to the chest. No, they're not there. And, uh, so I just gave up. It's like, you know, probably somewhere, someday they'll show up, more than likely. I mean, it's just a box of little, I mean, what's that going to bring? Do anybody know what that is? It's like the Matrix or one of them. So, um, so eventually, um, Eric's mother, Jerry, come across these and found them in in her home that she had them in place. She forgot about putting them, and and she's got them. What's up, dude? You're just comfortable up here. Make him a preacher, Jesus. Amen. And uh, this year, anyway, this year we went out to Christmas, and, and I've told everybody, I've told, I, I mean, me and Leslie are just blessed beyond measure, and I, I don't need anything. I don't want anything. God has supplied all of my needs according to churches and Christ Jesus, and I am blessed. Amen. Come on, somebody. Right. I am blessed. Yes. And if you don't declare that over your life, begin to declare that over your life and watch and see what he does. Amen. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you won't have room to receive. Come on, somebody. He, he will bless you beyond measure. That means you cannot contain what he will pour on you. Amen. And I've told them all, I, I don't want anything. I want all year. Mom calls and she buys enough for the grandkids, and I want them to have it. You know, it's their turn. Well, great-grandkids now, and even grandkids, they're all grown up. But, but sometimes they give them stuff, but it's, it's just amazing. And, and I didn't want anything this year. I really didn't. I didn't want anything for Christmas. My heart is full. My life is full. I would say my checkbook's full, but I don't have one. Less it does. <laughs> Thank God for a budgeting wife. Hers ain't full either. So, uh, but anyway, I was out there to, at the family get together. We still do this. Go to my grandma and grandpa Collier's every year, and all the cousins come in, and we still and they bring their kids, and now they're it's my grandparents' great great grandkids now. 
that's coming in there and Santa Claus comes and it's just an awesome day to get a, you see Santa if there's little babies and, and them love God and love people. But anyway, Eric Kirby comes in and he flops this box down in front of me. This beautiful box right here, very valuable. Highly regarded shoe box from the 1940s. You know, antique roadshow, they probably see that. That's worth millions. I doubt it. And I was like, really? He's like, you take those because I don't want to be responsible for them any longer. <laughs> so the sentimental value, he knows is there, but he says, if I don't do any better than that, you take them, you keep them, and you do something with them. But the scariest part is I don't have kids, so I want to make sure these go to somebody. So I'll, I'll dig through the family until I find somebody. That, uh... So in all my possessions that I have, sentimentally, this means a lot to me because of history. Okay, let's see if you'll put up my picture. So I posted this on Facebook a while back. Um, anybody recognize those folks? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, the days of his youth. Yeah. You look a beard, Danny. Um, so that's Dr. Maddie and his wife, Marianne. He was born in Galpolis, Ohio. A lot of good things has come to Lewis County from Galpolis, Ohio. And uh, moved to Michigan for a while. Moved out to Missouri during the Missouri Compromise. And ended up with a great civil war come upon the nation. And I mean, it divided families and broke hearts and had two kids out there and ended up divorced. Divorce sucks. It's bad. It's hard. It hurts. It's rough. And I just try to put myself in when I'm studying my history and genealogy and stuff, and I put myself in their shoes. And I can imagine this guy. He was a physician during all this point in time. He was a dentist and a, a physician. And can you imagine being out in Missouri and Civil War happening and bloodshed and divorced and trying to get back home? beautiful little lady you marry her you're up in years and you marry her you have a kid one kid one daughter but this is the tools of Dr. Matty he was born in 1824 he died in 1881 in 1865, he come through Lewis County. And they've got a book out, it's done to historical study, it's called The Pioneer Doctors of Lewis County. And rode horses around on the buggy and done house visits. And so his tools for dentistry, to think about pulling a tooth in 1865 with that, Anybody need anything done? If you've got a few problems, I'll stay after and help you out. If you, they call it practicing medicine. I can practice. I mean, I can try. 
Yeah, we got some assistance in here too. So it works for Dr. O'Call, but um, sometimes I don't know. Here's a pretty cool little knife that he would have used on somebody that probably had a few swigs of whiskey to get ready for it. There's always little trinkets and got little curved ends on it. And I don't know if he formed gold teeth with that. I don't know. I don't even know what these are. I don't know what they're worth. Probably nothing. But to me, they're worth a lot. Right? So, value, if I took these to Livingston today, I'd walk out with 10 cents. Because they felt sorry for me that that's all the weight of material I had. But to me, you can't buy this. Right? And Eric Kirby, my cousin, gave me an invaluable gift. So to the world, it means nothing. But to me, historically, it means everything. Because I can brag about my great-great-great-great-grandfather being a dentist in Lewis County. I've got the tools to prove it. Right? Value is not what it's talking about when it says giving. And I love it how that we've, for years here, said that God loves a cheerful giver and has time, talent, and treasure. Okay? Look at your neighbor say, so you can give time, talent, or treasure. And give somebody at the rest home your time. Maybe your talent is music. You can give them your talent. Maybe they need a pair of socks and you can give them your treasure because you can take money to go buy socks to help them. So when you give, give your time, talent, and treasures. And we need to do that. So, Corey, you care? Pass that around. I want you guys to just... Here, one pass. Don't cut yourself with a knife. It is sharp. And the little thing here, Derek, pass this around here, Ricky. Don't get this. So historically, it's just amazing to think that I'm holding something that more than likely in the Civil War was used by a physician to help people that was in pain. And sometimes the pain of pulling the tooth hurts. Jordan must have had one pulled. I've had several pulled. I'm not one of them fix-it guys. I said, just pull it. Just get it over with. I'm not fighting with this one again. But thinking about that, that sometimes you've got to go through the hard pain in the instant to prevent future pain. Yes. Amen. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. So when you give of your time, talent, and treasures, the Bible says we're not storing up for ourselves in earthen vessels, yes. but in eternal things. Amen? Amen? So when you give of your time, talent, and treasures, you're not storing up even that you might not even see it come back to you in this life, That's right. but the afterlife. Yes. And we're preparing for that day. But sometimes when you give on this life, it will come back yes, to you in this life. Amen? Amen? And it might not be in the same manner. You might give a dollar. That don't mean you're going to get a hundredfold back in a hundred dollars. It might be a hundredfold of blessing of family, Amen. of friends, of community, yes. of somebody that's there when you need them. If they're, maybe it's their time, talent, or treasure is going to come back to you. It isn't.
defined by law. There's too many things important in this life, and Jesus wants us to experience that. Yes. If you steal one of my tools, <laughs> lock the back door. <laughs> I'll fight. <laughs> I loved a few years ago. I was talking, and you got to come. You, are you ready? Yep. Because yep. Um, I'll go on forever because this has been the brand new Bible Bible, and I'll do whatever I want to do. But, a few years ago, I was down working a job, and the guy was there. He's a preacher, and he's talking about this other preacher down in eastern Kentucky. And somebody come up to him and said, I can't believe it. That preacher was fighting down there on whatever street downtown. And it's like, how can you be a preacher and fight? And he said, well, when I'm preaching, I'm preaching. But when I'm fighting, I'm fighting. <laughs> it's according to what mode I'm in. So she's coming to give us the, uh, the countdown of kind of where we're at as a church in giving. And she said it's about one minute. So, right? Okay, short and sweet, or as much as everybody needs. That's right. So, for missions this year, we gave $19,988.77. Our weekly attendance was around 96, and we had 10 salvations and 10 baptisms last year during the summer. Leslie, you should rattle on for an hour. That's awesome. I'm glad Steph's taking care of the money now. It's all good. Um, we was able to put a CD in at the bank the other day for our building fund, and uh, a jumbo CD it was pretty nice. You had to go down and buy it on your behalf as a church. And So we're doing things to be as wise as we can with your money, financially responsible, uh, doing everything we know how to do the right way, and we appreciate your giving so much at the church. Uh, continue to give. It's good ground here at the bridge, I assure you. Um, some people throw stuff off the bridge. Just throw your tithe in that bucket right back there, and it'll be okay. I guess Dusty's coming up to give his uh, two cents worth on. Uh, I'm still watching my tools now, by the way. So. Hello, everybody. So, uh, just real briefly, want to talk about just uh, children's church and also the youth group. Um, just a couple of things that we uh, were able to accomplish last year uh, through Children's Church and a couple of the events that we did. Um, we did a really cool vacation Bible school, and uh, we always have a really good turnout for that. Just want to say thank you guys for the volunteers who all showed up to help with those things. Um, you guys are, are the real heroes there. Um, tons of kids showed up, and uh, a lot of kids, not even from our church, would show up, and uh, that's what's really cool about it, is we can be that inclusive church that just uh, everybody wants to be a part of and, and come and have fun. Um, Albie and her team, they came up with a, um, there was a Spark Studios created in Christ, and they did a lot of things to show children how you are created uh, uniquely and wonderfully through Christ, and a lot of children learned that, and we were able to share that with them, so that was a lot of fun. We had a good time with all that. Um, we were able to do um, some um, um, some uh, special songs and some events like that that we did throughout the year with them as well, and uh, just uh, really had a good time with the kids. Our youth group, we, uh, we have some very key things that we do each year um, as far as um, events that we do. We do, our, uh, we do usually do winter jam, and then we'll do our youth camp through the summer. Um, we did a Truth and Dare uh, camp this year and was able to uh, dare and uh, get our kids to tell some truths and also dare them to be bold in their faith and uh, it was a really really good time to do that. 
um, had a really special moment around the campfire where Isabella kind of maybe, maybe might have had a, uh, a little bit of a mental breakdown. I don't know. We're not going to talk about Everybody's supposed to, but uh, we're not going to talk about that. She don't want to talk about that. Um, so <laughs> it was cool. Uh, it was a really special moment where God really intervened in these kids' lives. And uh, we got to see that happen in real time. It was just really awesome. Um, so we were able to do that. We also do youth convention each year with our students. Um, thank you guys so much for being uh, people who give uh, because uh, a lot of the kids that went wouldn't have been able to if you didn't uh, provide the transportation. A lot of you all went for transportation uh, to help us get kids down there and not only that, but a lot of you sponsored kids to, to help them get to youth convention. It's a special time for children, uh, all the youth group to go just because they're all going. A lot of the youth groups are going from around Kentucky to come together and just to learn and share and worship and it's a special time. So. Your giving makes that stuff happen. And uh, I highlight those things because you gave during uh, Winter Jam and you guys give during our uh, youth camp as well. And there's just a lot of things that you guys do as a church that um, maybe you don't necessarily get to go and be a part of these things, but your giving and your generous hearts allow for intimate moments like being around the campfire and seeing teenagers who have really tough times in school and they have tough times with, you know how it is being a teen, man. And then try to be a teen in today's day, like, my goodness, and they go through a lot. And just to see them encounter Jesus in a real tangible way. Amen. Um, you guys make that possible through your giving. So we just appreciate all that so much. You guys are so great. Um, this year we made a transition from doing BGMC stuff, which was our former way of giving to missionaries through our youth group and through our kids. We transitioned this year into Speed the Light, and uh, we're super excited about Speed the Light. We are uh, something that we've uh, always wanted to kind of transition into eventually, and we're excited that we did it this year. Um, we have a goal as a youth group to raise $1,000 for Speed the Light, and um, I have challenged each student to raise $100 for Speed the Light. Uh, whenever they have to do, raise $100, do however you need to do it. Uh, I know Isabella has a way that she's planning, I think, kind of, on how to, she could raise it. There's a way that she could. She talked about it on Tuesday. So there's a way there. And then one of our students has actually already hit their goal of $100. So give them a round of applause. That's amazing, man. I'm so proud of, of our students and their heart for giving. And uh, because that $100 is going to go to a to a, a, a larger sum, I'm sure. And that's gonna aid in helping people get essential transportation, um, the type of curriculum they may need, or any type of aid that a missionary might need as far as being able to speed the light of the gospel to these places who have never heard about Jesus. And uh, so we have done that, and uh, if you guys wanna take that challenge upon yourself, that you wanna raise $100 for Speed the Light this year some way, somehow, then I challenge you as adults as well to do that. Um, because, man, it's good to be challenged and it's good to give. And uh, you guys are the best givers I know. So I appreciate all of you. Um, and I love you guys dearly. Thank you. Thank you. Good stuff. Great stuff. So many other things we could brag about this church about. But this church is your church. Look at your neighbor and say, welcome to my church. Now say, no, I misspoke. Welcome to your church. Welcome to your church. 
Amen. That's one of the beautiful things about here at the bridge that it's not Ben Leslie's church, it's your church. And you say, come to my church with me like Chris did this week. And how beautiful it is to see so many people spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ in real and tangible ways. I love the word tangible. Dusty says it all the time. It's one of the coined words just here at the bridge that we, we want the tangible presence of God that I can feel and know that I'm not just sitting and listening. Amen. But he sends me out of here ready to do something. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen? That he has called me to a greater ability than I'm capable of. And he's asked me to do things that seem impossible. But with him, I know he can do it. Yes. Amen. Amen. Whatever those dreams are, those visions are, on a Vision Sunday, I'm telling you right now, dream bigger. Amen? Pray to God, open up my horizons. Allow me to see what you want me to do. Call me to do the impossible things, and I'll step in. I'll give you my life. And when we do that, that's the gift he's looking for. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. You're already his. You are already his. We're his creation in Christ Jesus. But in that, he gave us also a free will. He's saying, you can come home and live forever, or you can decide to do it your way. It's a pretty clear choice. He gave us that ability. And he gave us the power to choose right from wrong. Amen? And today, this choice is, is Dusty plays something. I want want us to scratchy Ragley guitar of Dusty the choice is here the choice is today the most valuable thing that you have that you possess is the life that God gave you Some people think they're not worth much. Anybody ever had down moments where you feel like, man, I'm just not worth not worth anything. But I want you to think about this. In God's perspective, He looked down and He seen you just like you are. He said, I'll tell you what you're worth. You're worth my son. And I'll give my son and his life for yours. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Think about that. He loved me so much and I'm worth so much that He gave His Son for me. It's useless and there's no guarantee. I'm rotten to the core. And He said, no, you're worth it all. He gave Bow your head and close your eyes with me if you will. Heavenly Father, you know the hearts and the intents of the heart it says in your word.
your word tells us to study to show ourselves approved unto you that we would rightly divide the word of truth and that it would pierce all the way to the bone and to the marrow that you would go deep within us God and in that depth God that you would come knocking and say come to me you think you're worth nothing but to me you're worth everything So God, as you're looking down today and you sent the Holy Spirit to come and to be with us today in this service, from the opening words to the final moments here in the conclusion, God, I know that you are at work in this room, that you are at work in this place called the bridge. And Jesus, I ask today, as you said, of that you would come and knock on our heart's door and if we would allow you to come in that you would come in and sup with us that you would enter our hearts and change our lives from the inside out for the better God I pray today that if there's anyone here that don't know you they've never given you their life they've never trusted you at the wheel I pray today would be that day give them the boldness and courage to accept the grace that you've bestowed upon us, that you would help us to call you our God, and we would be your people. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. very intimate moment between you and God. If you don't know Him as your Savior and you feel and know right now that you can sense during the service, man, I just need to give it to Him. I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of messing up. I'm tired of the pain that I've caused. And I'm asking today, Jesus, come in my life. Repair the breach. Fix the troubles. Make me the person you've designed me to be. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. Anybody here, if you want to know him today as your personal Savior, that today is your day. I'm accepting him. I need him. Anybody here? Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Just lift your hand. And I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to do anything. It's just between you and God. And I'm going to, I'm going to pray with you. opportunity to serve your people. God, help us as the bridge as we go through this week and learn about giving, God, that you would open our eyes to see, our hearts be receptive. Lord, that we would be the change agents that you call us to be in this community and in this world. Help the bridge to be the people. It's people of forgiveness, people that serve, that we dwell in you, now you're teaching us to give. Help us in these endeavors. In Jesus' name I pray.
Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Love you.